Today on the Nolan Knows Podcast, NFL Rule Changes. Welcome to the program, everyone. Nolan Knows Podcast. It is March 26, just after 5.30, and we are going to start discussing NFL rule changes. I know the league has only really been in its offseason for about two months now. Not even, but as is the case with the NFL. It's always going to be the topic of discussion, especially here in the States. And I got a text from my buddy from college, and he was pretty uh, intrigued, or I should say maybe upset about the possibility of NFL rule changes. So there have been a lot of meetings the past couple of days with the owners' meetings. You have the head coaches' meeting. You have a lot of competition committees proposing rule changes. And today, a lot of these questions that are you know have been left unanswered over the last couple days are being answered now so joining us today on the podcast is my good friend drew olson drew how you doing man good how are you al thanks for having me Uh, i am good and uh better now that you're here able to discuss this so let's talk about how this all came to be and how you wanted to come on here you sent me a screenshot from cbs sports on instagram basically explaining what the NFL rule changes would be based off this proposal. So what were your initial thoughts? So I got a notification that there was a proposed rule change that would make... uh, The first one was every pass interference call reviewable um, and that they would be reviewed automatically, not that uh, you would have to challenge it. And then the second uh, rule proposal was that pass interference and roughing the passer calls would be reviewable. So uh, the real problem I have with this, um, and I'm going to put my uh, loyalty to the Rams aside, is uh, two reasons. One is uh, the overall uh, length of time that these replays would have um, and uh, their correlation to the overall length of the game. Um, you know, the NFL has had a real problem with uh, declining viewership in the past few years. And, um, and I think that has to do with the length of the game and people nowadays with social media and everything wanting immediate gratification. So um, reviewing all these plays, because they take on average, you know, three to five minutes, all these reviews, would, you know, really uh, – do the NFL a disservice uh, and lengthen these games uh, unnecessarily. And two, the other problem I have is, um, you know, human error is part of the game. Just like how players uh, in big-time situations either step up or make a bad mistake, uh, refs do the same thing. And um, while I do agree, uh, I will admit, that that's, uh, the Nicole Roby-Coleman pass interference was a huge blown call. I, I'm not really sure how they even missed it to begin with. That was not the sole reason the Saints lost that game. There were many chances for them to win that game. Um, you know, they had first and second down uh, inside the red zone. They even got the ball at overtime to start. Um, so if they got a field goal or a touchdown, a touchdown would ice the game. Field goal would have put it, had a chance to win it as well if they were able to stop the Rams. Um, and you know there were other blown calls earlier in that game too. Uh, and one uh, 
instance that I remember was Rams third and goal, like two or three yard line. Uh, Goff scrambles and uh, tries to knee and get hit in the head by a linebacker. Should have been an automatic first down. Instead, they call him down. Um, Rams have to settle for a field goal. That would have put them up. So that would have added more pressure for the Saints to score a touchdown on that last drive. So, you know, uh, for me, it it really sucks to be on the losing side. But, you know, sometimes it goes your way like it did for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, It felt like the entire 2017 NFL season. And um, sometimes it doesn't like it did for the Saints uh, last season. So, uh, I don't know. That, that, that was my uh, qualms with uh, the proposed rule change. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for getting it right. And I think we both can agree that what makes, you know, a lot of watching this entertaining is the fact that there is human error involved. And then it's also incredible to see you know, what the reaction is through the replay. There is drama to that, but there's also a very fine line you need to walk in terms of getting it right and then not dragging down the game because you want to make sure the call is is called correctly. So I'm all for getting it right. What the problem is, is not a matter of whether or not these things, in my opinion, should be reviewable or whether or not we should implement instant replay. It's more of a matter of making sure that everyone on the field is held accountable. They put together these all-star refing crews rather than the normal teams that are together all season. My thing would be get together the groups that perform the best. All these guys are graded throughout the year and put the best groups out there, guys who are familiar with each other, guys who are going to be able to call each other out. I think what happened was, and this happens with all of us when we're doing something, you're with your friends, you're with people you're, you're, you're close with, you're, you're able to call them out in certain things. If you're with a group of people you're not normally comfortable with and you don't want to call each other out because you're all supposed to be this all-star crew, then you could end up looking at each other and everyone's going, well, I thought you were going to call it. No, I thought you were going to call it. So I think that's what happened on the Roby Coleman incident with the NFC Championship game. But to your point, there was other reasons why the Saints lost that game. They had a chance in overtime, but Drew Brees threw that interception. So we want to quantify things based off the ref and blame them. But at the end of the day, I think it's a matter of getting the call right without using too much technology to take away from the human aspect of the game. And then as we talk about this, there are actual rule changes that are implemented today. And it's interesting because I do think a lot of what the NFL doing is is making it safer or quote safer or what appears to be safer so we can get into that as well and and so here are the the rule changes that didn't pass so two of the biggest proposed rule changes um were rejected and or tabled so nfl network's tom pelissero the owner shot down the broncos onside kick proposal and tabled the chiefs overtime proposal until may so the initial onside proposal was that instead of electing to take an onside kick at the end of a game, the team could actually go for it on 4th and 15, and if they converted, they get the ball back. That was shot down and canceled. The Kansas City proposal about having both teams getting the ball in overtime, that was tabled until May. Obviously, they lost the overtime game in the AFC Championship to the Patriots, so they have a reason to be biased about that. But what do you think about these two getting shot down? You know, uh, I actually uh, am a little surprised, maybe not so much by the Broncos one, but I do think that the Broncos uh, onside kick 
uh, proposal is pretty valid because, you know, I brought up that one of the major concerns in the NFL is declining viewership. The other one is player safety, as you kind of mentioned before. And um, from a pure entertainment value, yeah, the onside kick is great. It's exciting. But um, I think uh, at an article I saw per uh, CBS Sports, I saw that uh, last year the uh, onside kicks had the lowest success rate. And it's been continually going down in the past few years. So, um, and it's a very dangerous play. So, if you're going to, um, uh, if you're worried about player safety, you're worried about the entertainment value, I think this fourth and 15 is great because when it's fourth down and the other team's trying to convert at the end of the game to keep the game alive, uh, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, awesome. And I think the NFL should continue to look towards sources like that instead of the kickoff. And while from a fan perspective, I think those kickoffs are uh, some of the most exciting plays in football, when it comes to player safety, it probably should be slowly phased out, especially onside kicks. Well, I think what they're trying to do is really get rid of kicks entirely. I think they've been trying to do that for years now, and they don't want to deal with another lawsuit in which they're having to pay people so much money. So they're reporting that over the last three years, the NFL concussions have actually gone down on kickoffs. And I do like the idea of a fourth and 15. That does sound exciting, but that does change the overall kind of landscape of what we're used to. So I don't think they're ready for a jump that aggressively. Uh, I do want to talk about the playing rules that were approved thus far by the competition committee. So there's five. I'll list them really quick. The permanent changes to the kickoff rule are implemented. So Basically, they stopped the running start by kickoff teams. This is to reduce the amount of speed that is going on on each play. And then they are also expanding the protection of a defenseless player, so no blindside blocking. They are enforcing double fouls when there is a change of possession. They are simplifying the application of scrimmage kick rules for missed field goals. And they are allowing teams to elect to enforce on the succeeding try or on the succeeding free kick on opponents' personal or in sportsmanlike conduct foul committed during a touchdown. So, you know, the last three are not that big in my opinion. Uh, they're more kind of just, you know, small semantic-based things. The first one is interesting because it's making the 2018 proposed rules permanent. So kickoffs are dramatically changing. They have moved them up. So we're going to have more onside kicks. And then you're also getting the aspect of people not being able to run beforehand. So they're trying to really get rid of the kickoff. But that's what makes the start of a game so exciting is the NFL kickoff. Here here we go. Everything's revved up. We're getting excited for it. So you need that as a part of the game from an advertising perspective, from a hype perspective. But from the actual game itself, it's basically being slowly rolled out. Because they just don't want to see anybody get hurt anymore when you're having guys run at each other 15 to 20 miles an hour weighing 270 pounds. So I get that aspect of it. But um, the Bronco one not getting changed, I, I understand right now. But that is a, a direction I would like it to go. I, I completely agree with all of that. You know, and like like you said, it's it's really about the player safety. And, you know, while kick returns are great, you still get um, – the same excitement uh, from a punt return, you know, and those aren't seem to be uh, getting phased out nearly anytime soon. It seems the focus is more on the kickoffs. So um, I think 
it would be in the NFL's best interest to continue uh, changing the kickoff slowly and gradually like they're doing, but adding more elements like the Broncos rule. And uh, the other one that I thought was kind of interesting was the Chiefs rule, and I know they caught kind of burned by not getting a chance in overtime in the AFC Championship to try and answer the Patriots' um, touchdown. Um, I don't know. What did you think about that? Well, I mean, obviously they're biased because they didn't get a chance to get the ball. I'm glad the NFL changed the overtime rule from what it used to be, where it was the first team to score would win. So basically whoever won the coin toss would march down and kick a field goal game over. I like the aspect of if you do kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance. And if you're the first to score a touchdown, then it's game over. My whole opinion on it is we need to finish the game anyway. I don't know if I want to go to college rules because really the college rules, that's not football. It completely changes the gameplay. It is exciting, but I don't think it really coincides with how the game is played for 99% of the game. And then all of a sudden at the end, we're changing it. It's like if you were to completely revamp the NBA into overtime and then just have a shooting contest from both teams. That changes the overall landscape of what we're actually doing throughout. Um, They are biased. It would have been nice to see Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP, get a chance. But if you really are the best team, then you should go out there and stop them. We all knew Brady was going to score. I mean, we all knew that was going to happen. So we're waiting for them to go away. We're wanting them to decline, but they're just not. And it's incredible that they've been able to do this for nearly two decades. But this is the NFL saying, hey, we want to get a fair shot. We're tired of the same team winning all the time. And Andy Reid's tired of just not being able to get back to the Super Bowl. And he's still looking for his first ring. So I understand where he's coming from. Well, that's where I kind of disagree with you. And um, I kind of like the college overtime. But to make it more applicable for the NFL because, you know, uh, the offenses are so potent and the kickers are so much better than they are in college football. I think instead of starting at the 25-yard line, maybe they start at midfield, and then they would have, you know, to go 50 yards still for a touchdown, um, and then the other team still gets a chance. But that's my point of view on it. I don't know. I don't really know. I, I do agree with you that uh, overtime is way better than how it used to be, just first to score wins. I thought that was a really dumb system. Uh, I think it's way more um, you get a equal gives a team to either win the game outright right away or um gives you know the other team a chance to uh, answer but uh if we're going for pure entertainment i think that the uh the college overtime should be looked at uh maybe and more made more applicable in the nfl but that's my point of view on it yeah i mean at first glance, it sounds great. It's exciting. I mean, there was that Texas A&M game earlier this year in, in which it was, you know, what was it, seven overtimes. So, I mean, things like that can happen. I don't think the NFL wants that because that's, that's more of a liability for injury. But to me, let's end the game. Let's get it over with. The best team should win. If you want to complain about not getting the ball back, then go out there and stop somebody. Your defense needs to be good enough. What's funny is, as we were talking about this kind of in our pre-show, we were talking about the proposed rule changes from offensive and pass defense, defensive uh, interference, and then Adam Schefter reports that rules 
have been changed. All offensive and defensive pass interference calls, as well as non-calls, can now be challenged per a league source. So this was about an hour ago. So a huge win for somebody like head coach Sean Payton of the Saints, who knows he was burned badly by what happened in the NFC Championship game. And the NFL's competition committee even came out and said that the Brandon Cooks play at the end of this year's Super Bowl would have been ruled pass interference, giving the Rams the ball at the one-yard line per source. So these can be challenged. I do like the aspect of that it's both offensive and defensive, but my only issue then becomes if we are going to have these rules or, or lack of calls challenged, what if there's a holding on the play? What if there's a block in the back that we they didn't see before? Is this going to cause there to be a trickle effect or, or a domino effect of things where, well, they didn't call pass interference, but there's also a holding by the offense, so we got to call this whole thing back. That's what I'm worried about. So I hope there's, you know, clear guidelines and and, a, and an outline to what's going to be done. Otherwise, you're getting into this, you know, blame game nonstop. Yeah, I think it's setting a dangerous precedent where, you know, you might, you talk to any defensive lineman, um, they'll tell you that there's a holding call on almost every single play. Um, now, I do like better that uh, there has to be challenged, not every single penalty or pass interference in this case is automatically reviewed. Um, however, like you were mentioning, you know, this could lead to every single penalty being reviewed and slowing down the game like I was worried about before. So, yeah, it's a dangerous precedent, and it's uh, interesting to see where the NFL goes with this. Yeah, I mean, I do like the aspect of being able to get things right because there was such a backlash, and I think the Saints and Sean Payton just wanted an apology. They wanted an admittance from the NFL to say, we're sorry, we blew it, everybody knew it, and a lot of people said, well, how do we know when to challenge these things? How do we know when to correct them? If everyone inside of a specific room, I mean, everyone that was watching that game, everyone was up in arms about that. Everybody knew it was a missed call. So I think there's a certain uh, intelligence that we all share when watching these games that if the average fan can tell there was a problem there, then an NFL referee who's been doing this his entire life should be able to call that. My whole thing would be less about the replay and more about having sort of a sky judge be able to call down and say, hey guys, you need to get together and look that over again. Hey Bill, I think you missed something. Hey guys, why don't you get in a huddle and just kind of speak on this? I think you may have missed it. Just have someone up there with a sense of you know, understanding of what's going on who has a better bird's eye view than the guys on the field. I wouldn't want to be an NFL referee managing an entire game. Do you see how fast these guys are moving? To be able to call these things in real time is nearly impossible. So the job they do now is already commendable, but when you have cameras everywhere in slow motion and you have all these different angles, it's easy for us sitting at home to call them out on their mistakes. So I'm all for getting it right, but as you have mentioned, and I think the most important part of this is not allowing the technology to completely take over the human aspect of the game, which is very entertaining, and it also lends itself to a lot of unexpected things happening. Yeah, no, being a referee is definitely a thankless job. I would never uh, want to be one. Um, they do I, get paid well, though. 
Yeah, they do get paid well, and it is only a part-time job. It's only 16, 17 weeks or whatever, but very rarely do they ever uh, mention when they get a call right, except maybe when they the, when the guy's knees down before a fumble or something like that. But it's a thankless job, and I, I'm glad that I'm not one. Well, we'll just about wrap it up here, but uh, yeah, I, I think for you to bring this up to me, I'm glad you did, and then it's interesting that on the day we talk about it, these rule changes are made literally an hour before we discuss. So I guess it was meant to be in that sort of way. But um, other than that, we should probably discuss this further. And if they do happen to table the discussion on the onside kick rules, then we'll definitely meet up again. And I know you've got your March Madness brackets going on. I know you, you're busy with that. So for you to take some time out of your day to uh, speak on the NFL, we appreciate that as well. Yeah, no, the bracket's not looking so hot right now. But, I'm in last place. It's okay. Thanks for having me. I'd love to come back on. All right, Drew. Uh, that's Drew Olson joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the Nolan Knows Podcast. If you like what you hear, please like, share, and subscribe to hear more. Thanks. Thanks.